long before I came to Fitzroy, I made an album. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. And the best line on the album was not by me, but by my songwriting partner, Sam Hill. And he said, in the voice of God, you can sing to me if you want to, or you can cry a million tears, and I'll still hear. Those words were uh, in my mind as we sang that last song. You can sing to me if you want to, or you can cry a million tears, and I'll still hear. Let me try and explain what we're doing on this uh, first few uh, couple of months of Fitzroy, maybe right through to Christmas. We'll just see where we end up, but we know where we're going until near the end of October. Um, a book, uh, a few books by a, a guy called Sam Wells, the Reverend Sam Wells from St. Martin of the Fields in London, uh, really struck me in the incarnational theology that he is um, unpacking. And so I thought it would be a great idea to uh, use that as a launch off into thinking who Fitzroy is, who I am, who you are, what we're about. Um, and some weeks it will be very Samwell's heavy and some weeks it will not have too much Samwell's in it at all. Uh, but Sam's book is um, probably the jump, jumping off spot. The series is called Being With. We will come to it a little bit later on. But Samuel says at the start of one of the books, which I think is incarnational ministry, the word with is the most important word in all of theology. The theologians among us can start critiquing that. The word with is the most important word in all of theology. And in fact, last week as we did the benediction, it's about with us eternally. With. It's amazing how many places and verses and songs and theology where with is there and we've maybe missed the with for a while and maybe we're trying to get a focus back on that again. What makes us who we are? I think it might have been, and Jeremy Skelton is the main instigator of some of this morning's sermon. I need to to point my... uh, gratitude and acknowledgements where they are because when he saw what I was preaching about on Facebook he sent me off to a book of a couple of friends of mine Malcolm Doney and Martin Rowe have written called Lifelines which is kind of an everyday with Jesus without Jesus an everyday with Jesus for people that wouldn't read an everyday with Jesus a spiritual book trying to reach out to those outside of the church and bring some spirituality to bear and it's, it's a fascinating book and uh, uh, Jeremy pointed me towards one of their daily devotions of that's how they would see them chapters if you want to look at the other way and it starts with those all those three words and you've probably heard them before it might be actually um a novelist um who came up with them but i, I just can't remember kurt von whatever that guy's name is anyway here they are to be is not to be sorry i'm nearly getting my shakespeare in there and he's not involved at all to be is to do socrates to do is to be, Sartre. Dooby dooby do, Sinatra. <laughs> the 17th century philosopher who Trish Eaton got very excited about, because apparently he was a bit of a mathematician too, René Descartes has said, I think therefore I am. How many times have we heard that? I think therefore I am. Philosophically trying to work out what it is to be human. I think therefore I am. Or as uh, Mike Starkey, another Anglican pastor who used to go and speak at Greenbelt, once said, he changed it to, I shop, therefore I am. 
And in fact, as we're thinking about this today, as we come to near the conclusion of this sermon, we need to think about what is it that we do that makes us who we are? I think, therefore I am. But then the joke comes in. Descartes walks into a bar and he's asked if he wants a beer. And he says, I think not, and disappears. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. If we stop thinking, do we stop being? Do we disappear? We're all trying to find meaning and we're all trying to find purpose. We're all trying to work out what it is to be human. If we want to take my mantra, we're all trying to live 10-10. I have come that you might have life in all its fullness. And if you listened this morning, I even got that into a debate about whether we could crash the two-hour marathon or not. 10-10. Fitzroy's logo. What is life in all its fullness? And I would have to say personally that the reading of Wells has transformed that thinking for me and is constantly challenging me about that. And hopefully in this series, that might be the same for you. And what we're saying through Wells and through theology is this. There was an original design. So let's go back to the original design. When I used to go out and do the the coffee bar circuit, when I was cool and hip and trendy, my daughters don't believe that was ever the case, but there was a time when I could have taken on any coffee bar preacher in this country and I could have took him out. I was the Lionel Messi of all of that, the Ed Sheeran of the coffee bar circuit. Did more gigs than Ed did, but uh, wasn't paid as well. When I was doing that, I used to have this silly illustration that came back to me this week. And it was the idea of who are we as human beings? What would a Porsche car, 911, be like if we parked it outside Fitzroy and we decided to give it over to Elizabeth Spears and that we just set it there and we grew some of our best flowers in it? Just wound down the windows, opened the the trunk or the boot, if, if a Porsche has one, and we just put it the best soil we could in it and we get some of the best flowers in it and by the middle of the summer oh that Porsche is just a fertile field of beautiful colour would that Porsche feel that it's living life as it was designed to be living or would it rather be on a racetrack somewhere with somebody who knows how to drive it foot down to see how fast a Porsche car could go we need to be asking ourselves constantly in our humanity are we a Porsche car full of lovely flowers or are we a Porsche car with somebody who knows how to handle it living life in all its fullness the enlightenment thinkers coming from that 17th century from Descartes and all the rest of them they were thinking that reason was what made us human And out of that came an individualism that made us human that has probably got to the altar of the God of, the idol of, individual human rights in the 21st century. Jesus knew nothing about individual human rights. He came to rip that one up. So into this idea of who we are as human beings, God's original design that we would be in this place where we would have a relationship with God, 
We would have relationship with fellow humans. We would have relationship with the animal kingdom and the earth itself. The original design. And then looking ahead towards what it will be when the Jerusalem comes out of heaven, the new Jerusalem, and we have this new city where again we will be in relationship with God and he will dwell with us. There's that with again right at the end of Revelation where we will be in relationship with each other, with God, with the creation. So what is to be between those two places? Between Eden and the New Jerusalem, plug in Desi's book again, what is it to be human? Martin and Malcolm, in the Lifelines book that I started off with, they say to be is to be together. To be is not just to do, there might be some doing, but you cannot be if we are not being together. That, of course, sent me off, and I've preached on it many times, the whole idea of Ubuntu coming out of uh, South Africa, or Amunthu, I think, which comes out of Malawi, this African idea of being together. This center philosophy in Africa that says, I cannot be me without you. How Mandela got up and said, we cannot be who we are as a black oppressed community unless we relate to our white former oppressors. We cannot be fully human unless we interconnect with them, unless we forgive them, unless we work with them, unless we live with them. That come out of this whole idea of Ubuntu. And this whole idea of Ubuntu, it seems to me, is the common grace of scripture coming through other cultures. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and your neighbor as yourself. There's the rules that it all hangs on. There's the most important words in the whole of scripture, Jesus says, because no law can be against that. There's who your identity is. It is being with. It is being with God. It is being with one another. We cannot be who we are unless we are together, unless we be together, unless we are in those relationships. It is not possible. And I would suggest that the being together, that church, that chapel that religious places did for many centuries is one of the reasons we have park runs because people are no longer together in churches and there is something innate in the human design and the DNA that says I need to be with people I need community I'm going to a park run you can run the five kilometers yourself but there's something about being together maybe we cannot be unless we be Together. So we read Romans 12, or we read Psalm 133, and we see right there in the heart of the Psalms, or at the end of the Psalms, that this unity, this interconnectivity of people and humans and God, this is where God wants to pour out his blessing. Not where the theologians have it right, not where the holy are living by the laws, but where people are in community. Where people are in unity. Where the love of neighbor and the love of enemy is at its fullest. Is where God will bestow his blessing. And then Romans chapter 12. Right there where we're going to transform our minds. And immediately in verses 1 and 2. Oh transform your minds. I loved that when I was at university. Because it's all about thinking. 
It's all about, you know, I wish I'd thought a wee bit more in class. I was thinking outside class. But, you know, you need to think, oh, that song, that novel, that movie. Um, you'll know my team got beaten yesterday. We shouldn't have. Um, but we did, so I did. The only thing you can do when your team gets beaten for the first time since January, I went to Downton. Um, and uh, and I, I'm, I'm thinking the whole way through. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what is there in this movie that... I can preach about in the morning and sadly it'll have to come for another day because I couldn't think of anything in that movie that I could think about and preach this morning. But you're thinking, oh, it's academic. Uh, Transform the renewing of your mind. There's very little about the mind in the rest of the chapter in those senses. The renewing of your mind here is a renewing of how you think about who you are. And the rest of the chapter is about who you are in relationship to other people. Sincere love, pure love, forgiving love, serving love, zealous love. When we come out of renewed minds, it's not so that we can have the best lecture in town. It's so that we can act differently and connect differently with the people that God has called us to be with. It's God's way that we're a community together. It's God's way. There was one human, he happened to be male, and even he wasn't going to do it on his own. And those of us who are male, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. We needed some serious help, because individualism was never the way it was going to be. And not very long into this whole process, God's involved in community and guilds, and then we have a nation, and then we have a kingdom, and then we have this body, we have this community of church. It's God's way. We're involved in church because God wants us to be involved in church. It's the only way to be. It's the only Christian way to be. There's nothing in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation that suggests this can be an island, a lonely journey of faith. Now, there's sometimes we'd like it to be. There's sometimes when the church gets so much on the top of our heads that we would rather go out onto a mountain on a Sunday morning and find God there. And you know what? You're going to find God there. But you know what? You're not going to find God there the way you're going to find God here. Because neither does God want you to be out there instead of here. Neither does God. But God doesn't think it's as useful for you to be out there as in here. Think about there the rest of the week. But only one are we do anymore if we don't come tonight. Now beyond that, This is not Fitzroy. Fitzroy's got all kinds of other ways that we meet. But there's something about being with. There's something about being with each other and God in worship that there is no other supplement for because God asks us to do it. But he doesn't ask us to do it. He never asks us to do anything just because he thinks I'm going to ask them to do that just because I can. God asks us to do things because God knows what's best for us. And if we go back in that Romans chapter 12, we will find in that Romans chapter 12 that when, he, when Paul talks about the body, the unity, the interconnection of the church, he says, you belong to me and I belong to you. Because in being with is the best form of discipleship that you can have. You can go out into a cave and you can read the best book that's ever been written on discipleship and you can understand it. And you can Facebook it, sure YouTube it, podcast it. But until you're interacting with other people, you have no chance in the world to develop a discipleship. Because discipleship is that person. Oh, that person. 
And you learning to love them and listen to them and interconnect with them and be one with them because the whole deal is about that. Not the easy ones. The difficult ones. The cross is about breaking down barriers. The cross is about ripping the veil in two so that we could relate to God. But there's also in Ephesians 2 this barrier that's broken down between humans. And we find the birth, the death, the resurrection, and interestingly in the reading today, the ascension in the Hebrews reading, the ascension of God. All these things are vital and they are worked out and they will be believed when we be together. When the world doesn't know what's in the bag but the proof outside the bag is that that Jesus thing that Christmas thing that Easter thing that ascension thing that makes its impact because look at them that's the last person on earth you would think would be friends with that person but we prove in our interconnectedness the kingdom of God it's God's resource is church. It's probably not just in the listening. In fact, it's not in the listening. Today, it's about who you sit beside or who you might meet in the welcome area across the other side or that you just saw Mark for the first time and heard his name, but you didn't know who he was. And suddenly you're in connection in a different way. This is what we come together for because God doesn't only long for it, But God thinks it's helpful for us. Hebrews 10. I don't remember a service that Hebrews was mentioned in three different places during the service. Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as the day is approaching. Oh yeah, we've got that old, you know the coal. Take a hot coal out of the fire and set it in the floor and it goes out. But if it's still in the fire, then it still burns. Oh, it's a... My goodness, how many times have we heard it? Doesn't make it any less absolutely and utterly true. I was thinking about our youth. I was thinking about Dara Volge. It's probably the weekend they would be coming in, maybe. I had a moment with Karen when Karen was the chaplain. And it was a moment I was off guard and I was being a bit cynical. So I said to her, oh, Karen, all that effort we put in, and here they are in their 30s and 40s, and none of them believe anymore. And then I started thinking. And I'm being straight with you here, being honest with you. This is what I was thinking. I was thinking, see you. All these people who were involved in see you, and they were nowhere. They were saying they didn't believe anymore. But when I started thinking about Terrible, the vast majority are still hanging in. And you know, I would love to have thought, <laughs> the teaching of the stockman. No, nothing to do with it. Being together. Being with. They weren't together on a Monday night for an hour and a half hearing a speaker. They were living with each other. They were engaging with each other. They were coming, becoming best friends with each other. Do you know that the man who decided to spend a million pounds in building Dara Volge was the first man to see his daughter married out of Dara Volge to another member of Dara Volge? 
They're sitting over to my left. It's Gareth and Karen. But relationships started in there that I think are the thing that keep people in faith. If you jump out of the coal, even if you have the best theology in the world, and some of them did. But those who were in the coals and were with, they survived. Keep your young people and your children involved in Fitzroy community. Because it'll be better than I teach. It'll be better than Paul teaches, even though we're not going to stop teaching because we don't think that's the most important thing. Being with. Being with. Being with. And you know, there's lots of people out there today and they've got lots of issues. There's lots of illness. There's lots of grief. There's lots of pastoral scenarios happen outside our door. But in here, whether we're good at it or whether we need to get better at it, and we do, we're bringing to all our minds and hearts and prayers those issues. And I would rather be with in those issues, no matter how difficult they are, than be in an island. So can I ask you to commit? Yeah, Fitzroy's bigger than a Sunday morning service. But this is the mealtime. This is the time we can all be together. And yes, God will be with you wherever you are between 11 and 12.30 or a quarter to two if you stay for tea and coffee on a Sunday morning. But there's something about here that's much, much, much more potent in you being a fully human being and me being a full human being than anywhere else that you care to be. Let's be with. And let's deepen the being with. Because to be is to be together.